Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith in Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. It's with a great honor and a privilege that I introduce your speaker this morning, Mr. Lancelot, coming to share the word with you. Good morning. All right. So, since Pastor Chad kind of, as he said, he kind of, they taught us some things of what to do and what not to do. Um, it's kind of going to be what I'm talking about today. Um, how Jesus prepares his disciples as they go into ministry about what to do, what not to do. And so, just kind of looking back, a few years Jasmine and I are dating, and so you always get those people that's like, oh, when are you guys going to get married? And, uh, well, we, ha- we have that planned. And now that we're married, it's all, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? And, and now it's just, uh, we're, we're still waiting. So with that, I, I just got... Um, before we have kids, I need to be prepared. I need to know what to do with kids because I'm not the greatest. So thankfully, I got some slides here of what to do and what not to do with your kids. So you can, there we go. We got some fun games. Peekaboo is a good one. Chess is not. <laughs> Next slide. Playing with the baby. You can throw them up lightly, but not toss them in the air like Jesse and Quincy. <laughs> Next one. Lifting the baby. Oh, yeah, support the head, not pick up by the head. Next one. Exercising. Yeah, got to get those. I think, I think that's how Pastor Chad was brought up as a baby. Look at him. He's huge, so he was definitely lifting weights when he was that young. Next one. Washing the baby. Yeah, just lightly. I mean, it depends. If they get a bit older and they're muddy, I wouldn't mind just kind of hosing them down. Just Next one. Bonding. Oh, yeah, I get close. Not, not over coffee. They aren't. Probably shouldn't get into coffee at that young of an age. Next one. Cleaning, clearing the baby's nose. <laughs> See, that's like the whole thing. You can pick your friends. You can pick your nose, but not your friend's nose. Same as with your child. And the last one I think we got here, oh no, there's two more. So this one, testing the bottle, test on your wrist, don't take a drink. <laughs> I think this is the last one, there we go, checking the deck. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so, yes, there's a few things of what to do, what not to do. I mean, it's kind of obvious, some of them, of what you don't do, um, but not always is it obvious of what you're actually supposed to do? Like, there's a lot of things you shouldn't do, but there's usually only one or two things you should. And so, for me, I'm like a step-by-step person. So, when it comes to instructions, um, I read through them well. Here at Bethel, I put a desk together, and it wasn't too hard because they're instructions. I knew what to do. And then, about a week ago, Pastor Chad told me to put the door handle back on Carlo's door, but there weren't any instructions, so I'm trying to put it together, and I don't know which piece goes in first, and this and that, and so 
when it comes to step by step, usually you'll get like, there may be a problem at this step, so be aware of that. And so I appreciate the warnings I get, so then I'm not blindsided by something that all of a sudden I'm doing something and I'm just like, uh-oh, what's going wrong here? I don't know what to do. And so how many of you here with kids appreciate these tips? Huh? How many of you know now not to just kind of reach in there like, oh yeah, yeah, they pooped. <laughs> What about marriage? What about, like how many of you were warned um, before going into marriage that there will be some just dumb little things that are just going to tick you off? <laughs> um, see, some of you are thinking of that right now, what that little thing is. <laughs> see, I love Jasmine, and for the year and a half that it's been, it's been awesome. Those who aren't married, it's awesome. Don't listen to what people say. Life is not over when you're married. It's like just starting. You can have lots of fun. Yeah, clap for that. But I warn you, there are things that will come to annoy you. So the first one that came to my mind was the car radio. So I always do the driving and based on school, driving back and forth, coming here in the mornings, we always listen to the radio in the car. But I kind of have this OCD when it comes to the volume of the radio. See, I found that 15 is the perfect amount. See, if it gets too loud, I'll move it down two notches, not one, because 14, 14 is not good. If I want to turn it up, it can go to 17, <laughs> not 16. And so it's funny because if you're ever sitting in the car with me and like Jasmine turns down the radio or something, if it's on the wrong number, I will, I'll just be kind of sitting there and I'll have my looking to the right. No, that's not the right number. <laughs> and I'll change it. I'll make it perfect. But Jasmine wasn't warned coming in. No one sat her down and was like, well, you see, Lance, he's, he's very, he's particular with the amount of volume that he likes on the radio. So you need to make sure you stick to the right amount. She wasn't warned that. Um, the other way around, I wasn't sat down, had someone say, you know, Lance, Jasmine doesn't know that you like the radio at a set amount. So just kind of be patient with her. And now, even today, we'll laugh because if it goes down one notch instead of two, I'll be there to quick switch it. <laughs> I remember as a youth, um, I was a student in the youth group, and we would always be taught, like, oh, just share your faith with your friends, invite them to youth, it's no problem at all. So I get excited, like, yeah, I got lots of friends at school that don't come to youth, and it'd be fun to just kind of hang out, play some games, worship, and they can love Jesus like I do. It'll be awesome. So walk in the, walk in the front door of the school, you go up to your friend, you're just like, I don't know what to say to you. Um, what, what, what do I say? Um, what, what are you going to say after what I tell you? Are you going to think I'm some weird guy or, or what's going on? So I got scared and I would be scared of what others thought of me rather than what God thinks of me. And so I would have a tough time sharing that with others. And I wasn't really warned of this. Anyone here ever have those issues? It's like, mm, I really want to go share the gospel with everyone. Um, but then all of a sudden you get this fear like, what if I just walk up to some random stranger and say Jesus loves you and they're just like, get away from me, you freak. <laughs> we get scared of that. Or even like those moments when you're in that crowd of people and all of a sudden all you hear is that one guy. Man, Christians are the worst. They try to tell me what to do and what not to do and all this and that and they're so annoying. And then you're just sitting there like, I, I, I am a Christian. <laughs> So sometimes we don't even just speak up like that. Because if you do, you're just kind of asking for it. 
And so we all have these fears of sharing the gospel um, to our friends, to people we don't know, to anything. It might not even be evangelizing. It might be just doing something you love. Um, it could be whatever you love, something that you're called to do, but yet you let this fear of what other people think of you to uh, determine what you're actually going to do rather than allow God to lead us in that. So with that being said, I'm going to read from Matthew 10, 26 to 33, where Jesus tells us what to do in these situations. So I'm just going to kind of give a bit of background information about what's going on. So in Matthew chapter 10, if you look at the beginning, it has all the names of the 12 disciples that were with him, his main ones that he called. And so Jesus was a rabbi, which in these days would be known as a teacher. He had disciples, which would be known as students. But this was a bit of a different teacher-student relationship. These students would, they would totally submit their authority to the rabbi. They would follow him day in, day out. And the rabbi would give um, like an interpretation of what it meant to be a righteous person living according to the law that we would call the Old Testament. And so the disciples would fall around and they'd see what the rabbi does and then they ask, oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And the rabbi would explain it and they would watch as he did things. And so Jesus, as he did miracles and he did teachings, the disciples, sometimes you see him questioning like, well, why do you do this? Why do you say that? And so as scholars uh, believe, it was about three years of ministry that Jesus did. And so partway through this ministry, Jesus just kind of turned around. He's just like, you know what? You guys can do this now. And so that's why we see in Matthew 10, 5, it starts off saying, these 12, the, disciple, the disciples, um, Jesus sent out instructing them. And then he goes into a few last minute teaching sessions about things to, things to expect when doing ministry. And so the one I'm going to talk to you guys today is about fear. So, I'm going to read from Matthew 10:26 to 33. So, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the, mount, on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father but even the hairs of your head are all numbered fear not therefore you are of more value than many sparrows so everyone who acknowledges me before men I also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven but whoever denies me before men I will also deny before my father is in heaven so at the beginning you saw the slides of like this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. And so Jesus kind of did that with his, with his disciples before they went out two by two and doing the ministry. This one was about not being afraid. But yet he also told them what to do, and that was to fear God. But I'll get into that in a bit. So we see three times Jesus says not to be afraid. Verse 26, have no fear. Verse 28, do not fear. And verse 31, fear not. So the first one, in verse 26, Jesus is saying, have no fear of them. Uh, who, who, are, who are them? Well, those are the people that oppose you of your faith. See, just before this part, Jesus was, one of those teaching lessons, he was talking about the people who would persecute you as you did ministry. 
And so he said, have no fear of them, because when it comes down to it, all truth will be revealed, and God will still see your service that you do, even when you're persecuted. As you look in um, Acts 7, the story of Stephen, he was doing ministry, he was explaining the whole story, the, basically the Bible timeline of how it came to be from start to finish, and they, the people who were persecuting him, they picked up stones and they just started throwing, and he died from that. And so Jesus tells us that what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. So we must not be afraid to share the truth of Jesus to those around us. So continuing on the next do not fear thing that Jesus says, this one's in verse 28, do not fear those who can kill the body but, not, but cannot kill the soul. So this continues on realizing that hmm, maybe my life is down to this and it involves sacrificing it. Um, can those people persecute you, actually kill you? Uh, yeah, they can. Um, like you saw with Stephen, they, they took his life, but can they kill, their, kill your soul? No. They can't touch your soul. They have no, um, they cannot kill your soul whatsoever. But then, that's why he explains in the next one, rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Let that sink in. This is the one part where Jesus says that fear is allowed. Um, he tells us to fear him. Who is him? God. Fear God. Um, while this isn't the first time that the Bible talks about the fear of God, um, it's hard to understand what it actually means. See, fearing God is about having respect and reverence for God. But there is an actual part of fear that's in that. When you start to have this respect and reverence for God, you understand his character. He's holy, he's righteous, and he hates sin. And we know that sin cannot be in his presence. And so, as it says in Proverbs 1.7, it says... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So as we understand of who God is and have reverence for him, we start to get knowledge of the truth that is there. But also, Jesus kind of comforts us in this moment and it says that um, we know that God can kill a body and soul. So we know that God is in control. Um, so that's why Jesus starts going in in verse 29 and 30. He's showing that God knows all things. Um, every sparrow that falls to the ground, God knows. Every hair on your head, God knows. Look beyond these verses. There's so many things. He created everything. The planet, you read the creation story. God knows where he put everything, where he put you. He knows everything. So that's why he's saying, Jesus says in verse 31, Fear not, therefore, because you are more valuable than many sparrows. If one falls to the ground, God knows that it fell to the ground. So how much more valuable are you than one sparrow, but more valuable than many. So you have had times, as we talked about before, sometimes we feel worthless, or we feel like nobody cares, or like we're not, we just can't do anything. But you're not worthless. Uh, God knows every hair on your head, every single one, even the ones I just had recently cut off. He knows them. He knows you. He created you. And there's a lot of things you may hear in, in the church. One common one is that God knit you together in your mother's womb. He put you together and he made you into the person that you are. Um, you were so much to him. You were so much that he sent his son to die so that you may have eternal life. Remember, God is holy and righteous and he's 
always the same. He never changes. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. He's always the same. He can't just let anybody into his presence. He's also just, so he has to hold up to his end to the justice of sin, which is wrath. However, that's why Jesus came to die, so that you may have forgiveness of your sin. Jesus covers that sin with his blood that he shed on the cross, as, as we, talk, we talked about in communion, the blood and the body that he shed for your sin. He did that in your place. However, when it comes to asking for forgiveness, there needs to be acknowledgement of Jesus. And that's why he finishes off in verse 32 and 33. He says, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Charles Spurgeon, he's a famous theologian. He has a great quote dealing with this. He says, Whatever Jesus Christ is to you on earth, you will be to him on the day of judgment. If he be dear and precious to you, you will be precious and dear to him. If you thought everything of him, he will think everything of you. So next time you're in those situations of you're afraid of um, other people and what they'll think because you're a Christian and you want to share this with them, you're just trying to share the love of Jesus. And some people are just like, whoa, that's too much love for me. Um, don't be afraid. Because we know that God, um, God is in control and he's in control of our eternity. See, being, being in Canada, our life probably isn't on the line. Um, your ego might be, though. Ooh, <laughs> but that shouldn't get in the way of sharing Christ either. Um, see, I've heard stories of Christians from Syria and Iraq. Um, they, um, they have hospitals for those who have been injured by like ISIS and that. And in that, ISIS comes and captures these Christians. And they actually say, like, you, are told, you need to denounce Jesus or die. And these Christians, they listen to what Jesus says here. They acknowledge him. They don't deny him. Their eternal souls are more important than their earthly lives. And so I just want you to think, is your soul more important than your life here on earth? Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but be afraid of him who can kill body and soul. Those of you who have decided to give your life to Christ and say that you believe and follow him, he has called us all to ministry as part of the Great Commission. It says, go and make disciples. We are called to do his ministry, and so what I share with you today of what to do and what not to do, not be afraid of what other people think, but be afraid of where your soul may end up if you don't do what God calls you to do. Um, for the rest of you who may not know Christ, I don't say all this just to scare you. I, I say it so that you can actually think about this. Um, you need to look beyond your life on earth. Um, you're more than just a physical body. You have an eternal soul. You have a life beyond this life on earth. So I encourage you to just think about it. Maybe not now. Maybe over these upcoming weeks, just think, what's going to happen when I die? Um, those of us who have given our lives to Christ, um, imagine if we l lived with fear of God and not fear of man. How many people would we speak to each week and share the gospel and share his love? Um, there would be so many people that we could speak to. Just There's so many just out on the streets right there, just in town. Um, so I say we can do this. We can all get up in the morning and say, you know what, 
Today, I will not fear man because I know that my eternity is already secured in God's hands. So this just kind of brings into mind Jasmine and I, we're going to Sudbury and we're going to a place where like the only people that we've met are the pastors and their kids. Met a couple of the church last weekend, but like we are going to have a huge influence on these students' lives and with students involves parents. And so sometimes we can't be afraid of these parents. We have to understand that not all parents know Christ. Um, and so we can't have that fear, man. Um, when we stick to God's will and not be afraid, great things will happen because it's God's will. So I finish off with this question that Jesus asks us, in Matthew 16:26, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? So I tell you today, don't trade your eternal life for this temporary life. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. Come back and check out next week's message as well.